This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on this gloomy Sunday morning, but it's a great morning to listen to Sports Talk Radio with Naz and Wally. Good morning, Naz. How are Good you morning, this morning? Good morning, Wally. Great. How are you? Good. Did you make it in this morning? A lot of roads closed in Toronto. Yeah, I had to I take a bit Queen, of... <laughs> Queensway down? No problem at all. <laughs> I had to, uh, had to take a different route this morning than my normal Don Valley Parkway in Gardner, uh, so... Uh, to all our listeners, if you're heading downtown, stay off the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardener for a while. There's a big event going on, and those roads are closed. But uh, last night, the story, the Chicago Blackhawks. What a resilient team, and what an incredible captain. Jonathan Taves, they're saying this morning that he had a Messier-like performance last night. Certainly an incredible hockey player who brought uh, brought his A game on onto the on a big stage at the right he, time. He's such a clutch player, him and Kane, but more Taves. He's just an amazing hockey player. Now we've had some we've had some discussions about Jonathan Taves uh, over the year. I've uh, I've I've been on record saying uh, that I think Jonathan Taves is. Uh, I, I've got him up with Drew Doughty as the top two hockey players in the NHL. If I had if I had a choice of two hockey players. To put on my hockey team, uh, Taves and Doughty would be one, two. I'm not sure in what particular order. Doughty because he plays 30 minutes a game and is on the entire game. And Taves because he's just, he's got the best, what they call 200-foot game in the NHL. He just plays both ends of the rink and just has the ability, uh, has what I call that royal jelly. Uh, just knows how to raise his game when the stakes are the highest. Yes. And, and he's proven it. Time and time and time again. Yeah, they're they're they look like they were out game six. It looked like Anaheim was going to win it, and then they they lost and they won again in game seven. Chicago's in Tampa Bay too. Yeah, what are you know Chicago Blackhawks? Um, what a resilient team. Um, you could make the argument that they were outplayed for a good chunk of the series, mm-hmm. um, but they just hung in and they just they, they just. You know, when you've got leadership um, on a team and you've got that will and you've got a Taves and you've got a Duncan Keith who's, you know, he skated miles in, in this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now he's the favorite for the Con Smythe Trophy. I mean, Anaheim tried to, you know. Uh, Jonathan Taves will win the Con Smythe. Yeah, well, you know. Maybe Keith, he's done, he's du- done some great things the last two, three games. Incredible things. He just, he, he just brings it at the right time. And yeah, du- Duncan Keith, which, what can you say about him? The, 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 the Anaheim Ducks were trying to grind him in submission, throwing their body at him the whole series when they could catch him. Um, and he just, another, another, another player. And you go down that lineup, Patrick Kane. Go ahead. Now. Five years. 
the last five years, including this year, L.A., L.A., Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. If Chicago wins the game, they'll have three cups, L.A. two. L.A. is the only team that could beat Chicago. And they had to go to, uh, was it double overtime last year in Game yeah. 7? in the Martinez, I in think, the, was it, I can't, it was a madhouse. They played that one in Chicago or in L.A.? It was, LA. A mad, in, it was in L.A. In LA. Yeah, yeah, they had to go to Game 7 on that one. And uh, Chicago Blackhawks are now going to the Stanley Cup final, like you say, Naz, for th- third time in five years. Yeah. Um, they've got an incredible core of players that have, that have been there. And the interesting part about this core, uh, they're talking about, you know, they're going to have to break up the team for salary cap issues. But most of the key players are signed for a, a, a lengthy period of time. Like Kane and Kane and Taves are there to 2023. Yeah. Uh, Keith signed up to about 2020. Corey Crawford. Let's talk about Corey Crawford. Clutch goalie. A, a goalie who gets no respect, or certainly probably doesn't get the, uh, maybe outside of Chicago because he's on the verge. You didn't of, get any respect in this room either. Yeah. For a while. For a while, and yeah. uh, you know, you've changed. You've changed. I've changed. You know, I'm I'm not above. I'm not above changing my opinions. Uh, you know, I mean, I. I didn't think he was an A-level goalie. Uh, I'll be quite frank, but uh, you know his his you know he doesn't get the respect I think that he deserves. And he's you know he knows how to play a big game. And he you know probably the biggest difference in this series, certainly at the last at the end of the series, the last two three games, was the goaltending. Yeah. Corey Crawford made the saves when he had to make the saves. And the uh, the Anaheim goalie, I can't remember his Anderson. Anderson, um, you know, he coughed it up the last yeah, last Anderson two games. Didn't play well this series. Didn't play well, no. and uh, certainly, you know, they they ran a stat last night watching the game. Um, they ran a stat about his save percentage and how, you know, his save percentage went from nine fifty nine sixty in the first game and gradually went down and down and down and down till the last game he barely broke eight hundred. I mean. Uh, that certainly must have taken... Those are uh, Yuri Sira numbers, 800. Yuri Sira. Uh, certainly must have taken the heart out of his team because, you know, you know, we've played hockey, Naz. We know what it's like to try and, and, try and fight over uh, a goalie who's, uh, yeah, who's, yeah. Not, who's not stopping it at the right time. And we know the confidence that a goalie can give, give a hockey team. And certainly Chicago Blackhawks, last two games out, you know, they had the full confidence in their goalie and it showed in the way they played. Now Tampa, Tampa Bay, I don't see it going past five games. I think Chicago's going to win in five. I really do. This is going to be a very interesting series, and uh, we're certainly going to talk about it throughout the rest of the show. We'll, we'll be taking your call-ins, but we've got to go to break now. And uh, when we come back from break, uh, some of us who've been following us on our website, some of us who've been following us on Facebook and on our, my Twitter, on our Twitter account, Naz and Wally Show. We'll know that we have a legend on with us this morning. We are trying to con- we're going to connect with him very, very shortly. We have the Hall of Famer, the best play-by-play play- man uh, ever, ever in an uh, NHL broadcast history. We've got Bob Cole, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. So we'll rate it. We'll be break. <laughs> Let me get that out. We'll be right back after the break with Bob Cole. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. Ooh, ooh. Come on, baby, pound three six three six. 
<laughs> That's got a ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigobon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigobon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're pleased to have with us Bob Cole, but before we go to Bob, we'd like to play a clip from one of Bob Cole's best moments. The penalty is over. Fires that close friend. The Klanov, oh, again. Karlamov is really belted by Van Emp, and he's not straight on the ice. Van Emp from the penalty box ran into Karlamov. The Soviets are all standing up. They want a penalty, but I'll tell you, Dick, that was a solid check, and I didn't see too much wrong with it. They are leaving the ice. They're going to go. The Soviets they, are leaving. They're going home. They're going home. Yeah, they're going home. Can you imagine? Then it's been a short afternoon. Oh, it's terrible. They're acting like a very frustrated hockey club. 
And I think they're displaying poor sportsmanship. Can you believe it, Dennis? I certainly can't believe it. I thought they'd have a little more pride in to play the game. In 72 in Moscow, we stayed and we took it all. And in 74, and now the Philadelphia Flyers groom around a little bit and they're going home. Without further ado, member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, member of the Order of Canada, Canada's greatest sports broadcaster. Good morning, Bob Cole. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, good Sunday morning to you. Thank you, and thank you so much for joining us. Certainly, uh, that was, in my estimation, the most iconic <laughs> iconic broadcast in, uh, in perhaps uh, Canadian hockey history, up there with the Foster Hewitt uh, call at the end of the Summit Series. Your recollections of that particular afternoon, Bob? That was a crazy, crazy day, wasn't it? Uh... Well, people maybe forget that uh, that was Super Series 76, I think they dubbed it. And that was the final game of the eight games. Soviet Wings and the, and the Red Army uh, were the two teams from the Soviet Union. And as you just heard, there was Philadelphia, and it was the last game. And, and because the night before, I think it was the night before, in Long Island... Uh, the Soviet wings won the game or tied the game with the uh, with the uh, Islanders. So it meant that this game today, this after Sunday afternoon game in Philadelphia, uh, the whole series was kind of up for grabs. If Philadelphia could win, well, then Canada won the series, so to speak. Bob, was Dennis Pavan in that in your crew then? Sorry, was Dennis Pavan part of the broadcast that yeah. day? Yeah, he was. Because it said Denny, and I thought it was Pot. We were trying to figure out who Denny was. No. Denny Potvin, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I, you know, n- n- just so you're aware, Bob, Naz and I are old enough to actually uh, remember almost every minute of that game. And that, that game came, I think, about three or four nights after the, after the incredible Red Army New Year's Eve game, which, which, uh, the, which the Canadians didn't win. So a lot was, like you said, a lot was on the line that Sunday afternoon because we, we wanted to beat that Red Army team so bad. And the, and the, and the Flyers, uh, I think the final score in that game was 4-1. to one. Uh, and of course, you and Dick Irvin were were in the booth, and uh, certainly your call um, has become part of the uh, part of what I would say popular culture in Canada, and uh, it really has. And and some of your other, you know, some of your other, uh, your you know, some of the other things that uh, you've said. But uh, did you get a sense of the reaction? To that, uh, I mean, I'm sure you didn't script it because, you know, we've talked to other broadcasters on this show. These are not the types of things that can be scripted, and certainly it wasn't expected. But when did, when did you first realize that uh, you had hit a home run? And, you know, uh, that was played in the, in the spectrum in Philadelphia. And our broadcast position was down very close to the ice, just behind the Soviet benches, you might say maybe 30 feet away. We were very close. And when the, when the Soviets were leaving the ice, they had to walk kind of toward me and underneath and into their dressing room. And, and, and the look on their faces, and they were so, so serious about what they were doing. And the coach said, we're, we're, we're leaving. We're going home, I guess. And they were. It was a long, long delay. And after the game, we were boarding the aircraft in Philadelphia. Ralph Mellenby at the time was, uh, was the exec producer of Hockey Night in Canada. 
And uh, he was behind me. We walked through the gateway down to the aircraft. And uh, I was saying, you know, I think, I guess I blew it today. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I thought I'd lost my job. <laughs> oh, no, that and was Ralph, great stuff. Ralph was behind me, and, and, and he said, that, my friend, was the best two minutes we've had oh, all year. Awesome. <laughs> Not only all year, it's probably uh, pretty close to being the 10 best two minutes in hockey broadcasting in Canadian history, Bob. And uh, I'm not trying to flatter you when I say that, but uh, uh, that that's just the blunt reality of it. Bob, 1972. People don't, a lot of people don't know this, but you were the radio guy for the Canada-Russia eighth game. Describe that for us. Yeah, that was, a, that was kind of a highlight uh, in my career to date. Uh, it was kind of the first uh, chance for me to do anything that major. CBC were awarded the uh, contract to cover the series on radio, and uh, I was a guy with Fred Scambatti doing color. Fred Scambatti. And off we go. It was, uh, was quite an experience. And uh, that game... There was so much, uh, of course, riding on that. Uh, again, the series was up for grabs. We uh, were behind and needed to win three out of four in Moscow, uh, you know, when we left the America and went over. Uh, North America, I should say, and went over. But, uh, my goodness, there was so much riding on that. There was a lot of tension. And uh, it, 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 was, it was a fabulous, fabulous uh, experience to do that. Fabulous series. I don't think there'll ever be another one put together like that. How could you do it? Bob, you've had uh, just just a, an incredible, incredible career uh, broadcasting hockey in Canada. You've worked with some of the greats. You've worked with Harry Neal, and we actually uh, had Harry Neal on the show a while back. Uh, you've worked with Dick Irvin. We've had Dick Irvin on the show a while back. Uh, obviously, one of, my, uh, one of my heroes from my younger days was Danny Gallivan. Another another great uh, great broadcaster from eastern uh, eastern Canada. Um, what got you into broadcasting? Who were the who influenced you? What what got you the passion for for broadcasting? Uh, that's a tough question. I, I should have an answer for that, shouldn't I? Uh, I don't know. It was just a a, a job that looked like uh, wow. If, if if one could ever get a job in radio, uh, that that was kind of top of the rung type thing. We just made auditions. I, I did some elocution work at school, of course, in high school. And uh, we had a tape recorder and, uh, you know, we did Hamlet, believe it or not, and all the rest of the Shakespearean stuff. And from there, it, it went on. I, I, I guess I was in a couple of school plays and so on and was always interested in the arts. So then you get a job on radio. I played hockey. Uh, I grew up listening to Foster Hewitt, of course, and was a hockey fan, uh, just like you said you were with Danny, and I was of Danny too, naturally. Everybody was. He was so great. And and But Foster was my day when I started, and uh, I guess we we began to copy the, the voice and the style of, of Foster Hewitt. We were all doing it. Uh, our whole class was a, a so-called broadcaster Monday mornings doing Saturday night's game. And uh, and I kept uh, kept doing it, and one day got a chance to do a hockey game on tape, and uh, I guess it started from there. I got to ask you, uh, Bob. Uh, you've done in your career some of the great games that were ever played. You did Nagano, the uh, of 
course, where we lost in the overtime uh, in the shootout to the Czechs. You did Salt Lake, where we won the gold medal for the first time in 50 years. The, the Lemieux game, the Gilmore game, the, 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 the play behind the net where he scored on Cujo. Uh, so many, so many more. Uh, any favorites? You just named a few, and there were so many. I don't think I could ever say one, but you mentioned Salt Lake uh, gold medal game. That that was a great experience, too, you know, when you couldn't script that any better. You had the U.S. playing Canada for the gold medal in the U.S. The uh, vice president of the United States was there, and uh, and it uh, the emotion, I can't explain it. It was uh, goosebump time when we got to the rink, two, three hours before game time, and it continued on right through the game. Really, we didn't know who was going to win with three minutes left in that third period, and uh, it's all history now. We won, and uh, the Saki goal is played many times. That was uh, kind of the important goal, and uh, they all were important, of course, but that one kind of, well, looks like we might bag this, and we did. Bob, you, you represented... Newfoundland for the briar. And people don't realize you're a great curler, too. I wouldn't say great. No, no. (laughs) I curled, yes, of course. And I was fortunate enough to uh, win a few games and get to the briar twice, as a matter of fact. And and that that was another great experience. Little little taste of the the top caliber of curling. I'll never forget it. I've got to ask you, Bob, uh, when... um the week after Jean Beliveau passed away, I watched an interview with you. I think, it, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was George Strombopoulos, but correct me if I'm wrong. You were in studio with, um, with, uh, with Dick Irvin, I guess. Uh, Dick, uh, that was the weekend we interviewed Dick Irvin. He flew into Toronto for that, for that interview. And you got emotional during that interview when, when, when they were asking you about Jean Beliveau. And I, I saw a side of you I, I, I guess I'd never seen on television before. But uh, you, you sort of choked up a bit during that interview when you were talking to Jean Beliveau. Um, explain to us why. Well, when, you, uh, when, you're, when you're talking about somebody who had just passed away, and you, were, you thought very close to him, and I was. And he was awfully, awfully kind to me any time I met him. Uh, he always had nice words to say about my work, and... Uh, and I appreciated that, of course. And my very first game in the National Hockey League was in Boston. And the Canadians were playing the Bruins in the Stanley Cup semifinals. And in my very first game, it went to a double overtime. And Beliveau scored the winner, 11-28 of the second overtime period. Wow. And that was the only overtime goal he had ever scored. And years later, I said to Jean, I had... Love to have a picture with you. I don't have one, and he he uh, sent a message to me uh, to the broadcast booth that Saturday night in the Bell Center to come down after the game, and he'd wait for me in the VIP lounge. And I came <laughs> down. My daughter Megan was there. They had a camera and uh, took some pictures. I sent it to him years ago, or uh, years later, excuse me, and, and asked him would he write something on it for me, and uh, he did. And uh, it was uh, uh, en français, and he said to Bob, uh, this is a memory of our first meeting in 1969, which, of course, was the year of my first game and the year of his only overtime goal. So he was special for me. 
Okay, well, of course, we're talking to Bob Cole, uh, legendary uh, Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster. Uh, Bob, I've got to tell you, I've been watching the playoffs and the first couple of series. You haven't you haven't called a game since Chicago, Minnesota. But uh, people would ask me when when all the in the first couple of series, they, they would ask me which series are you watching. And I really didn't care what teams I was watching. I was just watching the series that you were announcing. Um, I, I, just, I just find your, your broadcast compelling. And I've got to ask the question, um, your season's over so far, it appears. Uh, what are your plans for next year? I have never planned for next year. I just wait for the phone call and wait for the first meeting and wait for the first game. And I guess that's what I'm doing again then. I, I ended, as you said, uh, in uh, in Minnesota, four straight with Chicago, and uh, and now I've been uh, watching. Now I, I do uh, want to uh, tell our listeners, of course, that uh, we're talking to Bob Cole. Bob, I noticed when I was surfing on uh, on my iPhone uh, last week that the act there's actually a Bob Cole iPhone app now. <laughs> um, where you can where you can download. All, I mean that 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 tells you. Uh, just tells you how how uh, how I don't like to use the word important because I know that uh, you you you're you're a very humble man, but uh, the world out there can't get enough of Bob Cole. So we have an iPhone app uh, that's got some of your great calls. Tell us, did you any involvement by you in that development of that app? <laughs> no, not really. I can't take any credit for that. But uh, you are aware of it. Is a is a is a co-worker uh, of mine and and he's one of our crew he he works in the booth and he's the stats guy that works uh during the game with the truck with the producer and replays and whatever and he he helps uh the, uh, the color man and myself during the game whenever he can and he decided he'd uh, do something like that and asked me if i'd be uh, okay with that and i said go ahead jason i can help you let me know and and uh, he's, he's doing a fine job, they tell me. <laughs> I haven't you, heard any, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Neal and yourself were, uh, in Toronto anyway, you were touted as the best announcers ever, best one-two punch. Harry what do you think great. of Harry Neal? Uh, Harry was great uh, great to work with, uh, different guy doing, uh, doing hockey, and uh, he, he was loved by everybody. Everybody enjoyed Harry, and so did I. It was a pleasure to get in the booth and know what I had to do and, and, and know full well that Harry would be right there uh, to help and he was going to do what he was going to do. And it's usually a few laughs and uh, he had the timing down to a science, you know, when, when to try to be funny and when not, you know. It was great. Bob, I know, uh, I know you. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to overstay our welcome with you this morning. Just to, we'll just hold you for a couple more minutes, and we'll let you go. But uh, we always have to ask this question for somebody who's been a keen observer of hockey for so many, so many years. Um, who were your favorite players to watch, and who would you uh, rank as the, let's say, the top top two players of all time that you ever saw play? <laughs> You're you're asking me questions that cannot be answered. You know that. <laughs> I know that. But all I want is your opinion, Bob. Opinions, I don't. I don't really. You, if you're going to ask me who's going to win the Stanley Cup, that'd be your next question, and I'd just back away from that. I have no idea. I love to go to the game, get ready for the game, get my butterflies, and then I know it's going to be a nice evening. 
or afternoon or whatever, and and away we go. And these hockey players are so great, and they're they're into it. Well, you just saw two seven game series, and and I know what they go through. I can tell when to talk to them, when not to talk to them. I feel I I, I know anyway, and I get along great with the guys. Uh, thank goodness. I appreciate their help, the coaches, uh, players, all through the years, and I hope that continues for a while. No, I can't. I couldn't uh, say. Uh, Wayne was always great, of course, not only to talk with, but uh, to be around and to watch him play, to watch him lift the team, and and to see how how other players react to Wayne. I remember in New York when he was with the Rangers and playing his final game. Uh, that uh, I think was a Sunday afternoon. Players from from everywhere came to see that last game, just to be there for Wayne and to say goodbye. You know, so it's kind of special. Mario was special. Guy Lafleur was special. Uh, Ken Dryden was special. I go all the way back to when I first was a hockey fan myself, and Terry Sawchuk was 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 had to be my favorite. I mean, he was such a great goalie, and I can't remember very much about him. I only saw him a few times, but. Uh, Again, growing up listening to Foster and uh, and the great Detroit teams with Gordy and Alex Del Vecchio and Normie Ullman and, and all the guys, our own Alec Faulkner, first Newfoundlander to play in the league. Wow. So we were we were all Detroit fans at the time, and on and on it goes. So how can I sit back and say this is my favorite game I remember? And this is you know what I mean? It's so tough. Well, Bob, I know one thing. You're the best announcer, number one announcer. That's, oh, there's no about doubt that, about it. Thank you very much. They, they love you in, right across Canada, and uh, I thank you for being on the program today. It was My great. pleasure, guys. Thank you for the kind words. Thanks so Thanks, much, Bob. Bob. We appreciate it. That, of course, was the Bob Cole. Um, certainly, I certainly miss him from, uh, from the NHL playoffs. I watched the first couple of series. I, I tell you, I tuned in. I was tuning into the games that had Bob announcing them, and... Uh, he hasn't done the he hasn't done the uh, Stanley Cup Finals for uh, I think it's it's been five or six years and certainly um, I think I think we're missing something I, I still think Bob brings uh, I still think Bob brings the broadcast to uh, to a totally different level my opinion yeah I Bob Cole is tremendous a tremendous announcer one of the best ever to me he's the best. Absolutely, and a classy gentleman. Anyways, uh, it's time for our break. We'll be right back after the break. But before we go to break, I want to announce uh, our numbers for call-ins. Give us a call at 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. I will repeat those once again. Listen carefully, because the first caller that calls in is going to get a $50 gift certificate from Pizzaville. A uh, great, uh, great item to call in for. Get, uh, get your finger on the dial as soon as you can. I will give you those numbers once again. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're live from Liberty Village on the new AM740 radio. Uh, we're taking your calls. Our number is 416-360-0740, We've got a couple of callers on the line. Uh, please hold. We'll get to you as soon as we can. Mike from Hamilton, how are you this morning, Mike? Good morning. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Right. What's, uh, I, I, what's on your mind? You want to talk about Bob Cole? Well, Bob Cole is legendary. Yeah, like he was just, uh, it was a pleasure to listen to him this morning, that call from the Spectrum in Philadelphia. I don't recall watching the game, but against the Central Red Army, um, just, uh, you know, it was just a, a monumental time listening to uh, his uh, rendition of uh, the Soviets pulling themselves off the ice. That, that much I remember, but I did, I did want to bring up one interesting point, if I could. Uh, in my mind, it's interesting. Badcock, I, I mentioned last week when I called you guys that, he, he's um, 
hopefully leads us to a ticker tape parade down Bay Street <laughs> and to many uh, Stanley Cup playoff appearances um, that are long overdue. But I just wanted to say, what what makes you think what what makes him any different than some other coaches that have come down the pike? Like we've only been to the Stanley Cup Finals. The Leafs have only been to the Stanley Cup. Uh, semi-final, so to speak, the final four five times since two, since 1967, and um, yeah. What's, Roger uh, Nielsen was a good coach. Yeah. Who, Mike, I'm just going to interject for a second. I think your I think your question is, uh, what's Babcock going to do different, or what's he going to do to take us to the promised land? And uh, I took a lot of heat this week from a lot of people because a lot of people didn't agree what I had to say on the show last or misinterpreted what I said. I wasn't trying to be negative about Mike Babcock last week. And as you you called me out on it, and fair, I you know yeah, I called you. You called me out on it, and. Uh, <laughs> But I, I want to go back to Babcock, and maybe we've got to establish the threshold of what, what will be a successful Mike Babcock era in Toronto. He's, he's eight years, and uh, um, I, I think we, you know, Babcock is, and I don't blame the Leafs for, for, for spending the money. He's the best coach available. There are other uh, coaches in the NHL now that one could make the argument they might be at a Babcock level, or pretty close to it. Not too many. Uh, certainly Quinville with last night's victory, and if he wins the Stanley Cup uh, in the next couple of weeks, you could make you could certainly make the argument that Joel Quinville is very close to Mike Babcock level, and and perhaps Sutter uh, uh, down in L.A. Because those two particular coaches, as Naz, as you mentioned in the opening, uh, have had more success in the NHL in the last four or five years five than years, Mike. Yeah than Mike Babcock has. But uh, I'll let you take over, Naz. I, I think Mike Babcock was the right signing um, and uh, certainly has a lot of good qualities. And I know where I feel that he might uh, turn things around a little bit. But, Naz, uh, you're a little bit higher on Babcock than I am, so I'll let you have the a run at it. The key with Babcock is, is his um, preparation for the games. I am told he's far ahead of any other coach. Hockey mind-wise. You know what he remind, reminds me, but more successful? Roger Nielsen in his early days. Roger Nielsen was a student of the game. If you remember Roger, he came up with all sorts of stuff. Mike, Absolutely. Ba- Mike so Babcock's let's, in that range. Okay, so Babcock has come in into, into Toronto and has not received a word of criticism from anybody. And that's fair enough. I don't think there's anything to really Why criticize, are you criticize him. him no, I don't, I'm not going down that road. But and this, the media certainly loves him, and they're going to give him a honeymoon period. I don't know how long that honeymoon period is going to be. Um, but Babcock's a shrewd, savvy guy. He knows how to deal with media. Yeah, no question. And he's intelligent. He's well spoken. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's not a pushover. He he's a, he expects accountability from his players, and that's what I want out of that's. That's the part of Babcock that I like the best. Yeah. He won't put up with nonsense. He's just not the type. He's not going to put up with nonsense. But what's he going to be able to do with this franchise? Well, you know what? At the end of the day, he's only as good as his talent. And uh, he's going to take this talent and do, try and do something with it. But let's, let's talk about what's the, uh, what's the benchmark? What, what, uh, at what point in time do we say Babcock has been a success? What's it going to take? Well, you got, he has an eight-year contract. He's got to—he's—he's he's got to progress in the first three years for sure. Progress to what level? Well, I—I I honestly think they're going to make the playoffs next year with him. 
Okay, and yeah. that's we make the playoffs. That's I guess a that's start. a start. That's and a start. Th- in three years' time, where do we want to be? Well, Final we, four. We'd love to be at the in the Stanley Cup, but but if if all we do knows? if all we do is make the playoffs, let's say for three out of the next five years, is is that a successful? Uh, that's all reign? speculation, though. He, he he should make the playoffs every year. That's what he should be doing for eight, eight years. He should make the playoffs every year. And if he doesn't, and he won't let's, take any let's, less. Let's say he misses the playoffs three if years in a row. That's, it's all speculation. It's all speculation. We'll, deal, we'll, 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 we'll deal with that when when it happens. Eight years from now. Okay. <laughs> Eight years and fifty million dollars later. But God bless him for that. That's MLSC's beautiful money. I, contract. I could care less. Good for Mike Babcock. Squeeze every last dime you can out of them. Uh, Kevin from Buffalo. What's on your mind this morning? Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen, and excellent to hear Mr. Bob Cole and. It, a, a pleasure each Saturday night hockey night in Canada to watch, and and also Dick Irvin, and it's just a, a pleasure the hockey night in Canada. And I wanted to just mention a bit, and excellent your comments on the Maple Leafs, and like with watching the playoffs and where we are now, and the teams that have been in. The tournament, and for example, the Rangers getting knocked out on Friday evening, which was a bit surprise. Yeah. And like you gentlemen mentioned, it, it's it's not a quick fix. Like you mentioned, the Sabers this week with bringing in the Penguin coach, and it takes, like you just mentioned, about a three-year window to catch up to these teams because it is difficult. Teams are improving. And here in Buffalo this week, they're actually having like a, for all of the, the draft picks, they're having a, a, a event where they come in and they work out. Yeah, and the it's combine. A, a sort of a big event with, with the talent. So yeah. my, my point today is, it's it's a tough combination today because you do get a new head coach and like here in Buffalo, but it's not a quick fix because teams improve so greatly. Yeah, they have to be steady improvement, Kevin. Now Buffalo, Buffalo is going to be all right too. I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs, but they're going to be all right, and uh, I'm looking forward to the season. Well, I really am. Well, the part is it sounds what the excitement with. Edmonton, Connor McDavid. Kevin, you still with us? Yeah, he's still there. And, and, and Connor McDavid is such going to uh, really step in and, and jumpstart Edmonton. And there's so many teams that are improving, and I, I just think it's very good for hockey. Um, Got to ask you, Kevin Buffalo. How are the how are Western New Yorkers feeling about uh, about your prospects for uh, for next year and your signings and? Uh, your new coach and, and all of that? Well, they seem to be, it's a very opportunistic with the new head coach. And uh, naturally, it looks right now that Eichel will be the draft pick in, in, in the spring. There was a little disappointment on the lottery and not getting Connor McDavid. Uh, it's so it seems like people are excited with the Sabres, but it, it's a little bit... They're, they're still, I, I really feel, in my opinion, down here, 
the Sabres had great success right off the bat. We were in the finals against the Flyers back in 75. And in my own word, success came so quickly. And then we played the Dallas Stars, and we lost that game. And it, yeah. it's, it's very tough. I think the key word is to maintain. And it's a very difficult balance. And you hope for the best with the new players, but to sum up, it takes time. It does take time. Fair enough, Kevin. Listen, thanks so much for calling in. We always appreciate hearing from our Western New York listeners and uh, keeping us up to speed on what's going on down in Buffalo. We'll certainly keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on the Sabers next year because you've got uh, you've got some things happening down there as well. Thanks so much for calling in. Anyways, that's uh, that's the Buffalo assessment. Going back to uh, to Toronto here, Naz. We don't have we don't have a general manager yet. Um, uh, there's been all kinds of talk about, uh, about various, uh, potential general managers and, uh, seems to be no movement on that front. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, hot guy that, uh, people were, uh, talking about a few weeks back was, uh, was Mike Fuda. And, uh, those rumors seem to have died down. And still in the picture. Still in the picture. Yep. Uh, I'm what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, and it looks like they may be thinking about just uh, managing by committee and leaving uh, Mark Hunter in, in the Mark hot Hunter seat. Mark Hunter does not like talking to the press, so can't see him being the general manager. I say it's Mike Fuda. And when do you? And what's your assessment after of, the draft? Why Mike Fuda? They cannot approach him legally until after the draft. So he hasn't. In your estimation, they haven't called. Shanahan has not picked up the phone and called Dean Lombardi and said, can I have permission to talk to Mike Fuda? I know for a fact that uh, it's in his contract that he can opt out and go to the Leafs. That's the only team he can go to. So why wouldn't, if that's the case? Because under, under the rules, when somebody is working for a team, he has to complete the season, and that includes the draft. Once that is gone, they're allowed to sign him. D. General from Etobicoke, what's on your mind this morning? Morning, gents. Uh, interesting, interesting show this morning. Uh, nice to hear from uh, you guys, and uh, still talking hockey. Eh? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it never ceases to amaze me. It doesn't matter what's going on in this city. We always come back to those Toronto Maple Leafs. Eh? Yeah. So many, so many Leaf fans out there, and, and uh, I'm, I'm interested. Naz, you, 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 you've got uh, a lot of insight and uh, connections in the hockey world, and. Uh, and I would really like to see our friend uh, um, yeah. Mike Fuda become the general manager of Toronto. The question I have for you guys is, would he accept that that position? I mean, he wants to be a general manager, obviously. He wants to make the next step. But I don't know if Toronto is the, 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 the best place for that guy who has done so well in, in L.A. and wants to continue you know, his upward movement. If he, The way the GM role is now, it's different. Because it used to be the GM had all the control. Now the hockey organizations have a president, and the GM reports to the president. That's the difference. And yet, the other thing, the other thing, um, and this goes back to the Babcock signing as well. Um, you know, if if Mike Fuda relishes a challenge, um, what could be the biggest challenge in in hockey than being? The general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you wanna, if you wanna cement a place in hockey, in 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 hockey history, uh, and I and I think aside from the money, 
Uh, and I don't, like I said, I don't begrudge Mike Babcock. I think, I think Mike Babcock really relishes the challenge of taking the Toronto Maple Leafs and making them into a successful hockey team. Uh, I think he relishes that challenge. I think he's, that's one of the prime reasons, if not the most important reason he came here. And we wrote about that a year ago, even before all this whole money thing came up. Uh, we wrote about, uh, and it's on the record, uh, over a year ago, we said Mike Babcock is coming here because he wants to be part of hockey history. And you know what? Mike Fuda's a Toronto boy. Uh, we've interviewed him twice, Naz. Yeah. Uh, we replayed his interview a couple of weeks ago, and you you can refresh the listeners what he said about he, what sweater he, he still he, he still carries. He had Palmateer and Sittler sweaters in his closet still. So, <laughs> and I agree with you guys. And my my thing is, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think LA is going to let him go. I think he's uh, too valuable an asset over there. But you know what? I got to interrupt you there. I'm not so sure it's an issue of whether LA. I, of course, no, he has permission to go. You know go, what? Eh? I, of course they don't want to let him go. They're, they've been one of the most successful franchises in the NHL in the last, let's say, seven, eight years. Uh, they've drafted incredibly well. They've got some key pieces. They're going, to be, they're going to be a good hockey team for the foreseeable future. No question they don't want to let Mike Fuda go. But there's, a, there's an unspoken rule or, uh, that they understand that if, if, if you're working for me in the NHL as an assistant GM – and somebody offers you a position with another organization that is considered a promotion, historically, nobody stands in the way of that. If Mike Fuda is offered the position of general manager in Toronto with the right, uh, with the right terms and conditions, I don't think, think Dean Lombardi is going to stand in his way. I'm going to point something out, General. Yep. Mike Fuda has not had an interview in a month and a half. Uh, why is, why has he not had an interview? Well, you're talking about the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Nothing surprises me, and nothing should surprise their fans because they really don't do things by the book. They they're really off the cuff. There's a lot of things that are are still being done behind the scenes that we probably yep. don't know are going on. And and for all we know, that general manager's already been selected. They're just not ready to announce him until the draft or you know, making another big splash uh, before the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are, uh, are, uh, are done, you know. So uh, any, anything uh, could, uh, could happen. I would, you know, I'm with you guys. I would personally love to see uh, Foots come over here. He's, uh, he is a local guy. He's grown up in the area, you know, hockey player here, Henry Carr and, uh, you know, Owen Sound and the whole nine yards. He's, he's you know, he's paid his dues and he's, he's good at what he does. And, uh uh, I think he would be great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, uh, that being said, whenever whenever somebody comes up and says, yeah, he would be the guy, he'd be the best choice, they never do pick the best choice. Yeah. It's like those local kids that are always available in the draft. They never go after them. And then, lo and behold, a few years later, they're raising the cup over their heads. Yeah, he's a class act. And um, he hasn't done an interview, so you know where, where the cards are laid right now. Well, uh, you're, you're sort of leaving us to speculate where the cards are laid. Let's put the cards on the table now. Well, what are, what are these cards that, What are these cards that you're talking about? Until Mike Fuda does an interview, I think he's coming here. And that's just uh, your gut instinct, or that's the right thing to do? or uh, I think it's anything. the right thing to do. Absolutely. It's my gut instinct. Plus, I know that uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he hasn't I, done an interview. Yeah, and uh, I can't say much no, more. No, you don't. You know, we can. We we don't have. You know, we don't. We don't know for a fact whether he's coming here or not. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we're going to find that out in the next month. And uh, you know, the Naz and Wally. You know, you're a big Mike Fuda fan. I'm a big Mike Fuda fan. Yeah, we all are. We've talked to him. We've talked. We've looked at some of the moves he's made in L.A. He certainly understands young NHL talent. Uh, as good as anybody in the league, just look at some of the some of the f- moves he's made in L.A. There's no question he understands uh, uh, NHL talent. And and uh, Mark Hunter, well, you know, Mark Hunter understands junior talent. When was the last time you saw Mark Hunter interviewed? And he has a job. He doesn't like being in front of the press. Well, yeah, you can't be a GM. I, 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 I'm getting the, I'm getting the sense that some of this, uh, other than Mike Babcock, some of these. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen Shanahan interviewed all that much either. Mind you, he's been a little bit more public lately yeah, since uh, since he announced his Shanna plan and he brought Mike Babcock in. And you know what? We've been big critics of Shanahan on this show, but we give credit where credit is due. And uh, he's still, gentlemen, he's still going after the local talent. He's well, you know what? He, you know, from that in. So you know what, Nash? You might be you might be very well right on the right track here. Yeah, with, with, you know, uh, yeah. him coming over with Foots coming over and secretly behind the scenes they're making they're going to make a big splash and. Uh, even our even our uh, even our friend Bob Cole will say, "Oh, baby." <laughs> Anyways, going back to uh, you know you know we, we we can be critical, but they take a look at what Shanahan's done. I mean uh, you know I mean he uh, you know he he's been here a year, but he's basically cleaned house, hasn't he? Um, I mean the 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 organization organization and structure of the Toronto Maple Leafs today is completely and utterly different than it was a year ago. At, at every level, coach, management, scouting staff, the whole the whole nine yards. So he said he was going to come in, he was going to assess the situation, and he said he was going to make some moves, and he's done it. Yeah. Now let's see let's see what happens. And Mike Fuda, to me, that's the next shoot of fit. If if he if he can get along with Shanahan, he can get along with Hunter and Dubas. He's the right man for as, the job. As Bob Cole said. They're going home. They're going home. <laughs> Anyways, D. General, we'll let you go. Always a pleasure talking to you. Obviously, always talking about the Leafs. Naz, we've got we've got a minute left, and there's a couple of things I want to talk about. A couple of uh, things coming up this week that uh, are uh, we want to keep an eye on. Next Saturday, it's uh, it's the Belmont Stakes and uh, American Pharaoh Triple Crown. I know we were big horse racing fans when we were younger. We're going to keep an eye on that one. But this afternoon, tonight, something even uh, even bigger and closer to home. The Oshawa Generals are going for the Memorial Cup. And a good friend of the Nazawali Sports Hour, Michael Del Cole, leading the Oshawa Generals against the Kelowna Rockets. We certainly uh, wish them all the best. We'd like to see them take the Memorial Cup back to Ontario. They've played incredibly well in this tournament. Yeah, we're, we're hoping Michael has a big game and they win the Memorial Cup. I would uh, love nothing it's been, better uh, It's than been that. a long time for the Generals, so for all next, of our listeners... Next Saturday, Champions. Oh, Champions League. We, we were going to talk about that. We, we've run out of time. Juventus and Barcelona is going to be a great match. Certainly, and all, all the bars in Woodbridge and St. Clair will be full on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I know all the uh, all the uh, all the people from Italian heritage are are greatly excited about this game. It's been a while since uh, an Italian team has been in the Champions League final, and uh, they've got a good shot of beating Barcelona. And uh, I'm a big Juve fan. I always have been since uh, since uh, days past. So we're certainly hoping the uh, Bianco Nero, as they call them. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll bring home the Champions League. We're certainly looking forward to it. It's been another great morning on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. 
uh, from Liberty Village. Uh, we wish all our listeners a fantastic week. We will be back here again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.